0: Hello, my finest friends. Welcome to yet another Rohalastapar. It's still going and it's still excellent. If anything, it's better than ever. This week's guest is the absolutely fantastically funny and turns out to be a brilliant novelist as well, Ardlo Hanlon. This one is being released a little out of order uh, because it's not out of order, but out of the order it was recorded because Ardlo is has his new book coming out very soon. Do go and buy it. Um, It was recorded later in the series. If you want to listen to them in the correct order, it should come just before the Alan Davis podcast. Uh, You'll have to wait a few weeks for that, though. Um, I think we probably back-ref it a little bit in the Alan Davis one. So, you know, worth waiting, perhaps. Uh, Probably not. We're doing lots of live Rahula and we're at the Edinburgh Fringe. We've already got Janine Garofalo and Ed Gamble. And Tim Key confirmed and some other great names coming up as well, including the all killer, no thriller team who've been on before and are fantastic. There will be lots more coming as well as those gigs at the Phoenix which include, on the 13th of June, a Rahalastapa, but also a live Twitch of fun. You can meet those puppets in real life. You can be terrified by them. They're very reclusive. They don't usually come out of the attic, so it's, it might be your only chance to see it. It'll either be the beginning of something amazing or the end of something terrible. Either way, that has got to be worth coming to see, see live. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa with the absolutely brilliant... Doing better at Taskmaster than I thought he would, and thought he would during this conversation, Ardell O'Hanlon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man you may have seen in the Daily Express. It's Richard Herring! Oh, thank you very much. Oh, i love to see you Thank you for coming. Welcome to the show, uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was talking to Hoss from Bonanza the other day. Thought I'd put something for the old guy, remember that? Remember the Bonanza That's for, I Thought I'd do something for the older people. Remember Hoss from Bonanza?
1: Yeah.
0: He calls it Rallist. But anyway. <laughs> I would do if he hadn't died in 1972. So I <laughs> The Curse of Bonanza. Uh, yeah, I, I was in the Daily Express, this was the week of recording. Um, uh, it was uh, my face uh, next to just a giant image of a man just holding his balls like that. <laughs> so all my dreams come true, that's what I just always hoped. That's the paper my grandma and granddad used to get. They would never have dreamt one day my, my smiling face and went. Like, mm. I mean, I thought there might be a story like that eventually, but it wasn't. it wasn't. Wasn't what uh, It wasn't what happened before. Uh, okay, and uh, just like our final uh, Kickstarter mention um, is, uh, this is a backer paid a lot of money for this. Uh, it's from Crispin, who says we will now observe a minute's silence to get maximum impact for my money. Um, <laughs> I'm prepared to give it a go. <laughs> I, know, so I haven't set the timer. Let him wait. So we haven't started yet. I can't even work out of the timer. There's a clock there. No, okay. Fuck it. I can't. <laughs> can't, can't work. not work out a set of time. Let's try. I'll do it for a bit. See how. See how long it gets before it gets, awkward. Yeah, come on. Have some respect for Crispin, guys. Everyone's got to be quiet. or It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. So, uh, is a, if you do that on the radio, if you leave enough of a gap on the radio, then they, they, the emergency broadcasting kicks in. I'm not sure. So I don't want that to happen don't want you to end up getting off-menu or something by mistake, coming in. So thank you, Crispin. It didn't work, it didn't work. Um, I was in a Starbucks in Hitchin. That's how I live. Uh, and I was disappointed in Starbucks in Hitchin. I went to the toilet, uh, and the toilet, it's a unisex toilet, anyone can go in there, it's all fine. Uh, uh, but they have one of the, they have the crescent-shaped toilet seat in there. Do you know what I mean by that? It's where there's a little bit, cut out near this end so that if if someone with a penis wants to urinate without lifting the seat, they can, the idea is they can urinate through that little, that (laughs) little gap. You don't see them very often anymore because they don't work. It relies, (laughs) it relies on accuracy and uh, 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 but only those with a penis, you know, anyone who knows who has a penis will know that they overestimate their ability to shoot straight as it is. And having one of those it encourages people to try. That's what I would say. <laughs> and we shouldn't be encouraged. I, what they should be doing is encouraging men to either lift the seat or sit down when you urinate, if you're for your our age, right, David? Sit down when you <laughs> urinate. Because it'll go everywhere. So I, was very, I just want to say to uh, Starbucks and Hitchin, sort yourself out. That's, uh, I'm just using my, my powers <laughs> to do that. Is that all I've got? That might be all I've got. Right, so let's, let's crack. <laughs> that literally it? I suppose it would have been a minute longer if I'd had a timer for my (laughs) my All right, my guest this week. Look, we've had a lot of people, uh, a lot of the stars from Robbie the Reindeer, Close Encounters of the Herd kind on this show. A lot. But we have never had Robbie the Reindeer. (laughs) And this week we've got him. He's best known for that. He was also, of course... Uh, the gentleman from East Chiswick in Mole Flanders. That's why. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Will you please welcome the amazing Ardlo Hanlon, ladies and gentlemen? That's Ardlo Robbie the reindeer. He's literally Robbie the reindeer. Hello. Sit down. Robbie the reindeer. Robbie the reindeer. How did you feel when you got the, uh, the Robbie
2: the Reindeer gig? Do you the, remember the call I, coming I, through? I realised I had arrived. Uh, <laughs> and what a cast. I don't mm. know if you remember. I mean, I don't remember myself. But <laughs> I, don't, I just know I I've it picked very it a lot, times, a lot of times.
0: Just basically everyone who's anyone has been Robbie, yeah. Robbie the Reindeer. Yeah. And that's the third one, Closing Kites kind of is the Herd. Yeah.
2: The no, I was in the so first. You're in all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Thank you. There was was a a very uh, successful franchise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What about uh, Moll
2: Flanders? Could you you remind me of, you know, everything else that I've done in my career? Uh,
0: That's three films of Robert Rinders. Moll Flanders was actually
2: one of the most embarrassing uh, things I've ever done in my life. Uh, (laughs) Moll Flanders, um, you know the book, the Daniel Defoe novel. And there was a movie version made of that. It was ill-fated. I don't even know if it was ever released.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, but Robin Wright played the main character. Um, and she was great. And uh, Morgan Freeman, you know Morgan Freeman, he yeah. played her assistant, okay. her trusty assistant, her kind of gatekeeper. Um, you know, for any any rowdy behavior by the by the clients, um, uh, would, would, would be turfed out. So I played a client. So I was in it for all of like 10 seconds. <laughs> Uh, so, I basically throw a coin disdainfully on, on the bed at the, end, at the end of the encounter. Okay. And it was the first time I was ever in a movie of any sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the director kept saying to me, find the light. And I didn't know the terminology at the time, to find the light, which means stand in the light. <laughs> and I didn't know what he was saying. And. Uh, I, I uh, so I kept saying, stand here, where? What's he? What does he mean? Find the light, and eventually Morgan Freeman, who was in the scene, said, "Find the fucking light." <laughs> <laughs> so I was scolded by Morgan Freeman, wow. uh, which I guess is a claim to fame. of So it is
0: pretty good. Did you work along to get the accent right to be from East Chiswick? or Did you work on the? Uh, I didn't have, any lines. didn't have any lines. It
2: was just. Uh, it was just a toss of a coin.
0: Why were you called the gentleman from East Chiswick?
2: It's a very. It's a very long. Moll Flanders was a was a high class uh, yeah. courtesan. Is that the word? Yeah. And um, her clientele were 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 all gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> it's just so specific. Or, Chiswick yeah. isn't even that big. Yeah. Just Chiswick would do, right? Oh, East Chiswick. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I had bandy legs, I think that was, that's what. That's what. Well, it's lovely to see you. Uh, and
0: uh, to get you on, we've had you on the Edinburgh version of this, but you've never done the the London version. And so it's fantastic yeah. to have you here. Um, there's so much to talk to you about. I've uh, been enjoying you on Taskmaster. Ah, uh, yes. How, Taskmaster. how have you found the, t- I mean, we can't talk about it too much because only two episodes no. have been out. We don't want to give away any secrets. Um but I, I was the champion of my series, so... And I'm guessing from the first what two episodes up? that you're not the champion of your series. So
2: that's my, that's my Hi, call. Richard, it's uh, <laughs> surely, surely, it's, it's too early to say. It is too um, early to say. <laughs> you know, uh, have you ever seen Cool Runnings? <laughs> <laughs> How did
0: you find it? Did you enjoy the experience? It's a pretty amazing experience. Uh, it's it, it's, in a, it, it's a truly
2: amazing once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah. Um, and it's the kind of thing that I would have shied away from traditionally over the years. Like, you know, I just didn't think I'd be any good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 and I was right. Um, but I, I, I didn't think I'd enjoy it, you know. I, you yeah. know I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of shy about being myself and things, actually. Um, but I was trapped in Dublin for well over a year uh, uh, during the various lockdowns. And uh, I absolutely jumped at it. It was my first time getting away from Dublin in well over a year. And we filmed it last summer in London, we did all the tasks. And it's the kind of thing like I, I would I would pay to do, frankly. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, it, it just brings out the inner child and, and you're just, you, you know, and like I'm a little bit uptight, uh, normally, and, and, and as a stand-up, you're very much in control, and as a writer, you're in control, and, and, and as an actor, you're in control to a, to a large extent. Uh, but here, there is no safety net. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, uh, so, it, so for me, for someone like me, it's actually really liberating. And I don't know if this is, that was just a kind of a consequence of of, of being in lockdown for so long, but it was uh, it 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 was it was pure freedom. It was like honestly, it was the most joyful working experience I think I've ever had.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it really is. It's a fantastic team that work on. it, I think so. When you you treat it incredibly well, I think by they know what they're doing. All the behind the scenes people are just so yeah. fantastic. I think in it as well. Uh, but obviously, Alex and uh, Greg as well are terrific.
2: And it's just lovely to watch them in action as yeah. well. And the other the people I'm with are just amazing. You know, and they're great fun. And from like from the first moment we we met. And of course, you don't really meet till you get into the studio. Uh, you know, I think we just clicked. And, and, and it's very hard to fake, like, a competitiveness with people that you're getting on really well with. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But did you, because well, that's, what, that's how it started for us and then it got quite competitive. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in the yeah. middle of it, it's going to be competitive. Yeah. Daisy
0: May Cooper was very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and quite scary. <laughs> and we haven't stayed yeah. being friends, I wouldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everyone else who had done was said, "Yeah, we're on a WhatsApp group. We gotta yeah. hang out and do." No. no, no, not not me anyway. Not yeah. <laughs> Maybe the rest get together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was look- I was looking at your early career, and I I spotted that you won the uh, Hackney Empire New Act of the Year yes. award in 1994. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember that? You do, you you co won it with an act called yeah, Wara. Wara, yeah. Do you, remember remember, Wara. Uh, what, do. do you know what happened to Wara?
2: I don't know. He had some really nice material though, but yeah. he, he didn't, I don't think he was still doing it like it, within a year or two. I
0: remember him going to Edinburgh and then that's the, yeah. he sort of was a bit of a splash. In yeah, Edinburgh. Then and, I, and I,
2: think, I think Ricky Grover was in that oh, competition really? who yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, One of my favorite comics, East End comic. Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, yeah.
0: It's an interesting competition uh, in the year that Daniel Kitson did it it was won by a guy called Anton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he won Daniel Kitson came second and Paul Sinha came third. Wow. Don't know what happened to Anton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I think you'd retire wouldn't you if you beat you beat Daniel
2: Kitson yeah. and then you had to the Yeah. Well, exactly for some people that is is the yeah. pinnacle of the of their of the career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So you got you were pretty successful. I mean, you 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 came to London in about 1994, didn't you? So was it the year you came? And it was pretty much success straight away. You won that competition. Yeah, not not really. No, I mean, yeah.
2: No, i have done a few (laughs) things in Ireland, like like Moll Flanders, and a few little a few little things like that. I mean, the very last thing I did in Ireland before I left was actually uh, crime reconstruction. So there was a show in, on, in Ireland on, on RTE, the national channel, called Crimeline. Line. And um, so I was asked to play as sort of a small-time drug dealer uh, who, who gets shot in the back of the legs. And um, so I turned up and, like, you know, I, I was dressed completely inappropriately for the job. I had this kind of blouse on me, you know. It was, I looked ridiculous. I, I, I remember distinctly a wine-colored sort of colorless shirt billowing in the, in the breeze, <laughs> Just ridiculous. And um, so, th- so the idea was that uh, uh, two, two lads jumped out of a van and shot me in the back of the legs and, and you know, and I went, Rah! and uh, the director actually took me aside and uh, he said, you know, that's a bit over the top. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was absolutely gutted. I thought he was coming over to tell me, you know, good job, like very realistic, you yeah. know, very naturalistic, good man keep it up but no it was, it was it was it was like you know how could that be over the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah. what, does he, how does he know what it's like if
0: you're in the shot in the back of the legs that's probably what you go rah. i'd definitely yeah. go rah.
2: yeah if that happened to me definitely. but i just knew i had to get out of there like that yeah. was that was really the only work available in in dublin at the time so to come yeah. over to london 1994 do do stand-up and stand-up was really hopping at that time yeah uh, really, really taken off in, 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 in a big way. And the kind of people who were on the circuit was Lee Evans and uh, Eddie Izzard, Jack D, and, 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 you know, you'd be on the same bill as these guys, and it was really exciting. And, uh, and, then, and then you were kind of funneled towards these competitions like the Hackney Empire competition. And there was another one, the Ha, Bloody Ha, yes. spitting image, new act of the year <laughs> right. as well, which I won. <laughs> Beat that, Taskmaster. <laughs> Did you get
0: a big version of someone's head as a result? No, you didn't. No, I
2: got a I got a photocopied uh, piece of paper. Uh, yeah,
0: but you were so. What was your stand-up that you were doing? Was it was because you obviously got picked up for Father Ted pretty quickly uh, from that year? Were you doing was it was was the persona on stage? Was it was it was it like Father Dougal or was it? Yeah. I was wondering how long it would take you yeah. to get to Father Dougal, but yeah. uh, <coughs> I'm going to talk about it briefly um for the next half an hour. no uh,
1: <laughs>
2: i'm I want to get onto death in paradise mate i'm yeah, I'm going to rush sure. through this uh, uh it was a i suppose it was a bit Dougalish. my my standard persona at the time was kind of like very oh you know kind of bewildered um you know kind of saying i hope like kind of astute things about the world and human behavior but like. Um, I suppose playing a kind of a a very blank-faced, sort of wide-eyed, maybe um, kind of persona or something, uh, yeah. kind of hiding behind that persona, frankly, because like I was terrified of being on stage and you know, kind of shy as well. So yeah. to have a kind of that kind of armoury, you know, even you know, a persona. I mean, that's that well, helps. You,
0: I've read about you that you hate show off, you hate show offs, but you love showing off. That is sort of but part, part of the ethos behind you, because you you are quite a shy person in real life. But so, what yeah. what attracted you to to doing stand-up? Which I can understand because I'm the same. But yeah. what what attracted you to to do to do comedy in front of? I don't know. People? It was
2: kind of like maybe an overreaction to that. You yeah. know, being being quite shy and sort of you know always wanting to say things or express yourself or comment on something, but just just holding back all the time. And then you get to a certain age where it just all bursts out of you. You know, it kind of just comes out in a big splurge. Then and and I think for me that was going to university and d- debating and. You know, just putting myself out there, and yeah, you, you, you know, and and uh, and 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 it, you know, if it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. But it, it was working, so I just kept doing it.
0: Yeah. And do you feel, in a way, because I know, you know, I, th- I know you're a stand-up at heart, and you've carried on doing stand-up, and you're still doing stand-up. Was the Father Ted gig as as amazing as it was? Was Was it a bit of a a, a sort of albatross around your neck in terms of when you were going back on stage? Was it? Were people expecting? Well, only
2: in a tiny way, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, I suppose I I just wasn't really ready like to be catapulted into the kind of theater touring environment you know yeah. I was comfortable in the clubs and I had my 20 minutes you know uh half an hour at a push and suddenly you know after Father Ted goes out on Channel 4 and it's popular and you, you know people think oh you need to think about a tour and so I think I think I just was rushed into that a little bit. Yeah. And then there's the expectation <clears throat> factor where people, I suppose, they only know you as this character in 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 Father Ted. So perhaps some of them were coming along expecting to see some variation of that. Now, yeah. you know, I looked like him and I sounded <laughs> a bit like him, but that's <laughs> kind of where the comparison ended. You know, uh, I I think my material was 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 kind of different. I mean, it was you know, it's still coming from a similar area, like slightly surreal, and you know, I suppose reason you know, gentle enough in its own way, but yeah. um,
0: I mean, ninety minutes of Father Dougal on his own
2: <laughs> probably would well, be wouldn't be too work. much. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, Dougal needs the other characters, yeah. you know, around him as well. Uh, uh, you know, and there was there was often talk about doing a TED touring show, uh, which I think we all just didn't want anything to do with that, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so oh, I mean, like what I was doing at the time was like your bog standard contemporary London comedy, you know. Yeah. So I just think it was it was just a bit different than what people might have been expecting. But Course, to be honest yeah. with you, like another way of answering your question is 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 no, it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I
0: like to have two different answers. We'll just choose which one the best one to put out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, but it is often the way that someone you see someone discovered it very quickly. And it's not always the best thing for for them in terms of like being a stand-up necessarily. If you exactly what you're saying, you know, if you be, if you go from doing twenty minutes to suddenly being yeah. a household name, it's yeah. kind of hard then to make that leap forward. If yeah. you've had enough, if you'd had another five years to do the circuit yeah. and really nail down what you were doing, yeah. Um, but you know, that's not how it works. Is that I think you know. You, no, no, no! You take your opportunities when they come along. They come along. Yeah,
2: like yeah. I, like I can't tell you that like you know. Doing, doing my crime reconstruction <laughs> uh, in Ireland. Doing one gig maybe every two months. Um, like I, I, didn't leave Ireland till I was 28. Right. So I did a lot of arsing around. You know. So I was yeah. quite ready for whatever London was going to throw at me. The other big job I did in my last week in Ireland in 1994 was uh, I got a job flogging cognac in suburban pubs. Right. So I had to dress up as a butler possibly from east chiswick <laughs> <laughs> uh, they gave me this big spiel to learn off about the history of the product it was hennessy cognac you yeah. know uh, which had an irish connection back in the mists of time and to go out there to pubs and like do this big spiel for people and give them a sample of cognac and the really lucky ones got one of those lovely uh, cognac glasses oh, nice uh but of course like within minutes people were just going just Pour the fucking (laughs) brandy, and uh, so that was the kind of thing you had to do to get by in Dublin, you know, uh, uh, as a comic. So um, because there wasn't
0: like a big comedy scene, where there was there was very few clubs. There was maybe two or three clubs. Yeah. So there's other other jobs. I've according to I think IMDb, so this (laughs) might not be true. You did you work as a pig farmer?
2: Well, I was surrounded by pig farms growing up, and I I, and I did spend a lot of time with the pigs. (laughs) Okay. Um, it says you were uh, you worked
0: in a Norfolk pea canning factory. Absolutely true. Okay. Kings Lynn. Yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: She was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was that was um, that's just after I did my leaving certificate, which is like your A levels. I just packed, uh, sent you know, just came over to England for the summer, um, because there were, there were these there was this kind of work to be had. Yeah. In Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> So why Norfolk, I really don't know. But, but funny, uh, Bob Geldof actually worked in the same canning factory about 15 years earlier. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of alumni of the pea canning factory. Yeah. <laughs> There's something, was there something in the
2: peas? That... Yeah, yeah. Something there. Something <laughs> Any there. funny
0: stories about canning
1: oh, peas?
2: Oh, no. Did, did,
0: the machi- did the machine ever go wrong and peas went everywhere? No, 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 no.
2: no. I, I, I lived, in a, I lived in, a t- in, a, in a tent for the summer. Right. Nice troupe, and uh, lived on Samphire. Which was a local delicacy. Which oh. no you didn't eat did no you get food, free just peas? Vampire. No pea. No, you well I, I I got the cans, but I didn't have an opener.
0: <laughs> was it is it like working in a chocolate factory that you know the first few days you're just digging and eating the yeah, peas? Yeah, yeah. And you think, oh I've had enough peas. I'm sick yeah. of <laughs> sick of eating peas now. Um you worked as a check-in clerk for Aer Lingus. hmm How did how was that?
2: well it was a, it was as you'd expect i mean <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know i've never done i've never been so, a checking club. um well it, it, it was it was it was it wasn't a bad job no. i mean I, I it was like it was a very good job by 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 the standards of the day like it was a, it was a it was a reasonably well rewarded job and i remember in those days uh you didn't check in online obviously so you met everyone who was getting on the plane so you could um you could do good stuff like for example if you met a really nice let's say, man who, who, was, very, who was very friendly yeah. and uh, you, I would take a note of his seat number and if a very nice lady, perhaps, came along oh. later on, I would, I would make sure she was sitting beside him and, and so on. Yeah. And likewise, if I met her, honestly, this is how, how you'd pass the day, like it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Likewise, if you met an objectionable person, someone yeah. who was like, you know, very important and and, and very busy and, and very dismissive of of, of 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 the minion serving them, yeah. I would make sure that they were in the middle seat, <laughs> yeah, and you know, beside a smelly person or something, you know, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> right by the toilet, and you could also misdirect the baggage, and and and, <laughs> and <laughs> you absolutely could, and so it what? did happen because you just had the you just had the tags for each. Destination. Right. So you could you could put any tag on it and <laughs> yeah. but
0: you know you may have unknowingly created relationships. I hope from, so. And you know, and children yeah. that may owe their lives to you. Yeah.
2: You're playing God and yeah. the air Lingus. I know. <laughs> Service to humanity. <laughs>
0: Now, is this true? This is that last thing I'm going to ask you about Father Ted. Did you spend six months in a seminary researching <laughs> your wrong. This is what it says. I think, again, IMDB, but yeah. it might be what it <clears> be. Did <throat> no, you spend six months? No, that is not true. Research? That is not true.
2: I didn't spend an hour in a seminary. <laughs> Nor would I. Um, no, that is simply untrue.
0: There's a quote of you saying that... N- does, it, not- does it really look like I did that much no, I know what I was going to say, if you did, what was the <laughs> There's a quote you saying that 90% of the people who worked who were in the seminary were like Father Dougal. Is that just entirely... Is that you messing around? Probably messing
2: around, yeah. uh, yeah.
0: Good. (laughs) Good, that's all I want to... Mind you, I have
2: been... I I, I, I was mistaken for a priest on a few occasions. Yes. There was was one... uh, It was before the series was well known, so it would have been maybe during the filming of the first series. And uh, I was wandering around in my priest costume... Uh, around the shops at lunchtime. And I was in a shoe shop <laughs> ad- admiring the shoes. And, uh, and a man came over to me, the, sh- the, the salesman came over to me, and he said, you know, take whatever you want, Father. <laughs> uh, it's on the house. Did you take it? Lovely pair of dog <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I want to talk Well actually, I was going to talk this is this predates this. Uh you we were, you were in a sketch group called Mr. Trellis yes. in 1990 at the Edinburgh Fringe. That's right, yeah.
2: How was how was that? With Barry Murphy and Kevin Gildee. Oh cool, wow. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was great. I mean, we 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 that's 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 how I started in this sketch group in in, in Dublin. Uh really funny stuff. Uh, Barry wrote most of it. Um things like we would play three synchronized swimmers doing impressions of famous movies. So it was basically the three of us with pegs on our nose. You know, I can't, oh, I can't remember the films like Gorillas in the Mist, and we'd sort of squint. And you know, it was. It, yeah, you'd have to be there. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Mr. Trellis is kind of. It's a. If, you, if that had turned out to be a big success, it's kind of a. a a name that would have haunted you, I think, Mr. Trellis. It's a kind of yeah. very sketch show name. Yeah, it is
2: really. Uh, I think the name. There is a character in one of the Flann O'Brien books, in *A Swim Two Birds*, called Dermot Trellis. Okay. I think, and I think that's probably where it came from, because uh, that's probably the kind of thing we were reading at the time. Okay. But um, yeah, it is a very sketch group name. But uh, we never, we never fulfilled our potential. I mean, honestly, no. we were, we were, we weren't bad no. at all. And before, like there was a real vogue for sketch groups in, in, in Edinburgh where the sketch groups start winning Perriers and things like that. Like We were we were nearly there. Yeah, uh, well, they, it was very... I, I'd been it was doing, the League of Gentlemen who were the first... Yeah, kind well, of
0: they, they were the late 90s. So yeah. I'd done student co- sketch shows in the late 80s, which was the worst possible time to do sketches right. and the worst format and the worst place to be doing it, in, you know. People hated hated student <laughs> sketch groups. Uh, and then we did a show in 91, I think, called The Dumb Show with Steve Coogan, Patrick Marber, Stuart Lee, Simon Munnery, yeah. and me, which again, nobody came. It was the year Steve won the Perrier for his yeah. other show. Yeah. But no one came to, to see it at all, really. So it, was this, it wasn't t- the sketch show's time. It wasn't we time. Missed, yeah. We missed time. T-
2: yeah, head of the curve. Um,
0: but also, Edinburgh related, you played Coconut Tam in uh, <laughs> Greyfriars Boppy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, a glittering career. Who's a real? Had, uh, who's a real character, right? Coconut Tam. That's Coconut Tam was a real character in Victorian Edinburgh. Right. Um, he well known. Uh, uh, he was. He had a hunch. He 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 was um, big, big, bushy beard. There are photographs of him. Okay. Uh, so this was this was the adventures of Greyfriars Friars Bobby. You know, yeah. with the, 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 the Scottish folk. Tale.
1: I do know it. And it was a
2: really good film. It was actually a really, really good film. I mean, Coconut Time was only in it a little bit, but a uh, great cast again. Christopher, Christopher Lee was Christopher in it. Christopher Lee, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember filming in a graveyard uh, in Sterling, I think it was, minus 15, <laughs> uh, with the mist, like, genuinely... Swirling around like it wasn't artificial mist, and and Christopher Lee walking towards me—that that was kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because you were you were a comedy fan right before you were a comedian, so and you've got to work. I mean, I know you like the young ones, and you got to work with yeah. uh, Nigel Planer, Nigel Planer, and Ed Edmonds. Have I mean, you? Yes. In yeah. both in Death They and
2: both Paradise. turned up in Death and Paradise, different nice. series. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, and, that was the best thing about Death in Paradise was right. the, was, was the guest cast. You never know who was gonna. Yeah. Turn what up What
0: was what was bad about? I mean, I, I was telling you backstage. I've watched
2: every single episode of Death in Paradise. God, you're so unfashionable. Ev- all, all,
0: the different, you know, all the different incarnations. Yeah. They regenerate like Doctor Who. Yeah. You all do you it, it for about hearts. you all do it for about two years and then you all get fed up and leave. Yeah. What's the true story? Because you go, oh, I wanted to go back and do stand-up. It sounds like the best possible acting job in the world that you go to six months to the Caribbean yeah. to film. What, why didn't you stay doing that job forever, Adol?
2: Um, <laughs> I solved 20 murders. Yeah. <laughs> That's more than enough for any person in, in their lifetime. It was just dangerous, frankly, out there. Uh, right. No, um uh I think all the all the all the various detectives would tell you that it's um it's just very demanding. I mean, like it sounds churlish to say that, but but uh, and it and it's and it's brilliant it was brilliant and it was it was life enhancing and it was life changing in many ways. I mean, you know, to live that lifestyle for four summers was was incredible um and 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 memorable and, and every day was, you know, um like like memorable in 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 lots of ways, but it was just like demanding. Like I can't describe to you just the, you know, you don't sleep for f- six months. It's right. it's you know you've got f- frogs making noises. <laughs> what are what's a, what does a frog make? Chirrup. Chir- uh, no, no, no that's a, that's a bird. Uh, <laughs> you know uh, croaking. croaking and um uh, you've got crickets chirping. Yeah. And you have um you have wild dogs savaging wild chickens and you have you know, fan wearing. Did they got, not put you in a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> were you in a tent again? Were you in your b? No, yeah. yeah, I'm a very outdoorsy type. Uh, <laughs> but it was just, it was just that kind of like constant. You know, there was always something killing something else. Yeah. you know, and uh, um, it was, it was just, and, and the heat was so excessive, and the humidity, like you were always wet. You were always like. Like, well, you have to wear a suit and stuff, don't you, as the English Yeah, character, you do. And, like, between takes, right. you would have to take off your clothes. Like, yeah. I'm talking every 15 minutes, you would have to strip down, and you would have <laughs> to be dried by someone. <laughs> 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 like, which was bad for me. It was worse for them. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, like, like, people find it hard, you know, like, guest actors love it because they come out for two weeks. Yeah. And they lie on the ground, you know, for for a few hours every day, and then you know they they drink cocktails by the pool. So it's fantastic. It's like winning so a competition for the them. The
0: best thing you could do is be the person who gets murdered. Exactly,
2: right? exactly. <laughs> so you, you do one scene. You have one day of filming, <laughs> and you're there for two weeks. It's yeah, great. Okay.
0: But that's what I'm angling for. I would just that's what. Yeah. You know, I could be the next once uh, Ralph Little gets fed up. And he's not going to yeah. get fed up, is he? He's going to. He, loves, nah, he it out. loves it. He, he loves, loves it. He
2: loves it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, it, it, there's an awful lot to love, and the lifestyle is great, and just to learn about the history of the place, and you know, the you know the horrific history of of, of the place in lots of ways, and to really immerse yourself in this culture for for months at a time, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a rare privilege, and I, you know, and and I, and I wouldn't knock that side of it. But you know, as an actor, you you're you're in every scene uh, as the, as playing the lead detective. Uh, you're working five, six days a week, twelve hours a day. Um, you know it's very, very demanding. Mm-hmm. And it's the same show every week. It's, as the, well. it's <laughs> the same, it's it's the exact the same, same show every it's week. It's the same script. <laughs> it's it's exact exactly thing. the same. It's it's someone falls off a balcony, and <laughs> <laughs> and there's always four people who could possibly do it. Yeah, I know. I I, I didn't even have to read the script. So I did it.
0: <laughs> if I was going to do a murder out at the, at the there, I'd just shoot someone. Yeah. Just I'd shoot them, and then that'd yeah. be it. No, don't try any funny, Same with Jonathan Creek, which we might talk about next. Don't try any funny business. Then someone's going to work out. Yeah. How did this? How did this murder take place in this locked yeah. room?
2: Yeah. Don't do that. But I mean, you know, you you watch it, um, yeah. or so you say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is the pleasure for you? Like why? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I say I. I I genuinely love it, I, but, I, but I, it's like, it's, it's, it's very, I can understand why it's maybe got a slightly older audience, which I'm now, you know, yep. certainly part of. It's very, it's beautiful, it looks gorgeous. You can have it on in the background, you don't have to concentrate.
1: <laughs> yes. Because you've you can, seen, you as long can as go, you watch You can one, go for a little nap <laughs> and
2: come back and I'll still be at that fucking blackboard. <laughs> You know,
0: the first Bessie person saying it over and over again. Yeah. It's not going to be the first person. It's. I think it's. I think it's. It's very. And you get. It's amazing. The cast are amazing. And be, exactly because of that. Because it's. I remember in fact Rebecca when Rebecca Front did it. it was oh, one of yours, wasn't it? And she's. And she's such an amazing actor. She's just I was, brilliant. I was meant to be going round to her house for dinner. She said, "I can't do it. You can't come. I'm going to work on Death in Paradise." And I was crossed for two reasons. And I haven't mm-hmm. been invited back either. That's the thing with her.
2: Yeah.
0: It's going to go round. But you know that's it's 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 a good show, the good show. You should go. Would you go back for it? I don't a know. Moment?
2: I mean, you n- you never say never. I I yeah. I don't know. I I mean, mm, I, yeah. no, I don't. Uh, well, I don't know.
0: I I I heard you were going to write a memoir about your time
2: <laughs> your time on this. That I think you? I jokingly said that oh, right. on a radio show, but I actually think uh, I actually think I I probably signed something in my contract and I'm not allowed to talk about it for about ten years. Okay. So I probably shouldn't even be talking about it now. Okay. Um, well. I know. Look, it was it was absolutely great, but like you know, it's it's um, I you know I really do want to write that, (laughs) Uh, but not for another ten years. Well, let's talk about you. Well, seeing
0: we're talking about writing, you have just your second novel is coming out.
2: Yes, I write a novel every twenty years. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So you did a novel in nineteen ninety eight, and so yeah, twenty quarter of a century later, we've got come up with uh, it's called Bruhaha. Uh, it's and like it's it's really uh, unexpected when I I didn't know what quite to expect, but it's a. I mean that, that's this is going to sound rude now. As you can go, it's unexpected because it's really brilliantly written. Now, oh, I don't oh. <laughs> but thank you. It's sort of not. I mean it, it's it's funny. <laughs> there's and this there's absolutely. you thought
2: that like there was going to be just loads of like.
0: <laughs> it's but it, you know like I was saying to you backstage that. It's often I read someone's book, and if it's a novel, I've got that. I've got if I know the person, I'm sort of reading it with them in mind. But within a a chapter or two of this, I'd sort of forgotten that you. It was written by you. It's 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 sort of you know it's not, it's not a comedy exactly, is it? Who did you
2: think wrote it then? I just it felt
0: like Raymond Chandler had written or someone like that. You know, it's it's a real proper gritty uh, mystery crime sort of, and and it's about you know it's a observations of society. There's funny stuff in there, but it's not. It's not like an ostensibly a funny novel. Yeah. It's, well,
2: it's, I think it's kind of like blackly humorous. Yeah. I mean, it's set in the border region of Ireland, where where which you could carry, which would be characterised as a place where there's you know there's a very deadpan tone. There is that kind of black humour.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, because it's a boor- it's border territory. It's it's people are, people are kind of you know, quiet and 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 um, you know you, you are careful about what to say and. You know, so everything is kind of a nod and a wink, and 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 um, you know, it's, uh, it's so. I was definitely trying to capture some of that atmosphere that I yeah. I grew up with. I come from that part of the world as well.
0: Well, it feels I mean, it's a very light touch to it. I think in terms mm. of that, you, it's not smashing you over the head with that, but you're getting the you know, you're getting the culture of the society and mm. through through it all. It's it's really imp- it's a very impressive novel. I have to say, oh, it's really you. really fantastic. So I would recommend. Haven't finished it yet. <laughs> It's quite long, yeah. um, but I will finish it, and that's yeah. the that's the exciting thing. What what, what made you want to... Well, you've done, you done this... Was it a young person's novel, the first novel, or was it...? Yeah,
2: the first one was called Talk of the Town. Yeah. It was a uh, sort of a coming-of-age story. Um, again, similar kind of humour, you know, that kind of dark humour. The deadpan tone was probably there as well. But it was about a sort of a tortured young man who was trying to, you know... Figure out what to do with his life. This is slightly different. I mean, it's sort of on the surface. It's sort of a um, crimey, I guess, a kind of a murder mystery, as you yeah. say. But I think it has layers. Like I think it is an it is an observation of small town yeah. piety. Uh, it it's satirical in places. It um you know like 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 English towns. You know people are are keeping up appearances all the time. Uh, you know people are people kind of you know are kind of humble and uh, 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 they're very civil to each other, but you know, there's this really dark undercurrent. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, something that inspired me would, would have been something like Fargo. You know, when I watched Fargo, the, the Coen brothers movie the first time, I thought that's really familiar to me. You know, yeah. it's like, like <laughs> I could identify with that. The humor, the tone, the, the you know, the gruesome violence, you know, you know, you, yeah. you know I remember as a kid, you go to these nightclubs and things and you'd be just shocked by the violence, you know, just, uh, and then the next day, you know, everyone was really meek and humble again and <laughs> going about their business. so yeah. you know that there was always that undercurrent in small towns everywhere, all over the world. we had the extra little dimension in the border region where you had this kind of paramilitary thing in the background, yeah, so then you had that kind of culture of slight culture of fear and and the omerta, you know so so that just gives it a, a little bit of a I think, an extra dimension or whatever. Yeah, I think you know, it's something, something else to be worried about.
0: Yeah, it's something that, you know, people in England and, you know, the mainland UK don't really know n- much about beyond, you know, the obvious yeah. stuff. So it is really interesting to to get in, immersed in that. Well, your dad was a politician, right? In Yeah. So, so you've kind of got personal experience of that. The fears and the, the bomb scares and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, I mean, I had a really happy childhood. And, you know, that, that part of the world was, 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 was safe. And, I mean, it was relatively safe. But 10 miles away, it wasn't. Right. Uh, just across the border, the other side. And so as a kid, like, you were just really aware, you know, you, you know I, I watched the news avidly as a kid, and I read the papers. I used to run home from school in primary school to read the newspapers. And from cover to cover, I was just a really old-fashioned kid. And, <laughs> uh, and then you turn on the nightly news, and right throughout the 70s, and into the 80s, like, like, it was literally carnage every night. A car bomb or um, people shot in their beds. Or, and this was right across the border. These were people who looked like me and, 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 and you, know, um, uh, you know, I could really identify with them. And my father was from that part of the world, so he would have known some of these people personally. And um, so, you know, you were always very touched by that. And I was always, like, from an early age, I was shocked that people could go on about their business. While this was happening, just down the road. Yeah. And so there was a there was a touch of people putting their head in the sand about things like that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really impinge that much on the book. Like no. you know you know the the, the 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. It's but it's it's it, it was it something you've all, you know was it something you were always doing with the writing or is it because you've done so much acting and comedy and stand up which is still writing yeah uh, <laughs> so people don't, people don't realize necessarily but was it something that you was you you've been harboring a wish to do all this time or was it you just had was it did you just have time to do this suddenly or was it something that's been I think, working like
2: on? as you say I mean the starting point for for, for, for a stand-up show is 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 the writing yeah. and, and, uh, and you know so I don't think it's unusual for for stand-ups to try to you know try their hand at, at long form writing you know whether that's a film script or a TV script or in this case a novel um my first novel I, was, was was, yeah, it was always something I wanted to do from an early age. L- long before I discovered stand-up, you know, I would have been writing. So I would have been doodling from an early age, like from the age of 12 or 13, mm-hmm. writing little short stories, uh, poems, as you do, uh, which your goal was. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, I remember after the fir- I think it was after the first series of Father Ted, where I took six months off, like, uh, you know, at least six months off to To write my first novel because it was something i always wanted to do it's what i thought i was going to do with my life yeah Uh, but then you know like so many people you get seduced by stand-up the immediacy of it all of it all Mm -hmm. you know the the kind of you know stand-up is pretty cool in a way as well you know and 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 you get to travel and you know it's and you get the instant gratification um so you know i put off the novel for as long as possible plus like you know, because we have this reverence for writers in Ireland as well. You know, y- you kind of, you 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 don't want to put yourself out there, in that way either. You know, so you'd be reluctant to start. But eventually, I did, and and I, and, I, and, I, and I was hugely satisfied with the first novel. But and then I tried to write a second one, not long after that, and I failed miserably. I I, I kind of stopped and started it too many times, and the tone went all over the place, and I never got to grips with it. Right. Um So. And that kind of set me back a, a, you know, a long way in terms of writing. And so about six or seven years ago, I again took six months off. I hired an office and I wrote an outline for this novel. And I always wanted to sort of write, a, a, like it's not a strictly speaking a genre novel, but I always wanted to sort of play with the tropes of crime fiction, because I love crime fiction. I always have done since I was a kid. And I had, I, I had at the end of that what I thought was a fairly decent first draft and then I kind of left it because I got the job in the Caribbean, <laughs> Death in Paradise. So I didn't get back to it for four or five years. And then, uh, and then the pandemic happened, so, and I was kind of looking around for, you know, something to do. And, and, and you know, that was, that was staring me in the face. And when I, when I opened it up, I was really pleasantly surprised by how well developed it was at the time. And, um, you know, I just kind of tore into it, and, and um Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, writing a stand-up show is one thing. It's, there's a complexity to writing any book, I think, but a novel like this as well. And there's a lot of characters, and there's it, there's a there's a there's a lot of backstory. Yeah, you, so got, it's, it's you, a, you have to keep
2: a lot of detail in your head yeah, all the time. So yeah, yeah, it's a huge effort of concentration. Yeah. It's it's
0: extreme. You know, looking at Richard Osman, <laughs> you would like could take a take a quarter of Richard yeah. Osman. We'd yeah,
2: be happy with a Take a hundredth of it. <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, it's not really that type of in fact it was quite quite well, it's not really that funny, but um <laughs> when uh, I was showing it to a few publishers at the time, uh, the feedback I was getting from one or two was could it be more like Richard Oswald? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's better. It's better than Richard I love Richard Osmond's books. It's, 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 it's really good. Um, it's, do, I recommend it. Brew her heart. Do, uh, do read it. I'm going to ask you a new emergency question. Adrian Charles has a urinal in his bathroom at home. What is the most unexpected item in your house? Or if you don't have anything in any celebrity's house you've been in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: a piranha. Um you got a piranha or someone else does? It's, it's a dead piranha, I have. You have I a have. dead piranha? Yeah. It smells. Does it? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, oh, God. Uh, well, I, it depends what you think is unusual, I mean... It does, but that's, you know, Adrian Charles doesn't think it's unusual to
0: have a urinal in his own house. It's,
2: it, I, 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 I think that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty... You think it's a good idea? I think it's a good idea. I don't I think do. it's a good no? idea. I'm very much for men sitting down to wee. Well, it's not so much that, I I, I just love a bit of porcelain. Okay. Uh, (laughs) It's a nice object, it's a nice... I'm not sure it is. You know it's covered in piss, right? It's
0: not that (laughs) nice. nice. Mm. nice. It flushes, apparently. It can can flush it.
2: As long as you don't have those horrible, like, discs, those kind of... Yeah,
0: little urinal cakes. Yeah, is that what they're
2: called? The urinal cakes, Oh yeah. yeah, okay.
0: Should you try one? Lurid a... yellow. Yeah, try mm. one. They're nice. They taste, they taste pretty. Yeah. Good. Um, I'll ask you another emergency question. If all the art galleries and museums in the world said, we love my hero. It's our favourite show. And we'd like to give you one. <laughs> we'd like to give you one or any of your work. That we'd like to give you one item from any museum or art gallery in the world and you can take it home and have it. What would you like to have?
2: Oh. Mm. What would I like to have from any art gallery in the any world? Any art gallery or
0: museum. It can be an artifact. It can be a painting. It can be a sculpture. Oh,
2: um, it could be a, a Picasso or anything. It could be Picasso. Could it? Yeah, it
0: could be anything in the
2: uh, museum. I would probably take something like uh, the Edward Munch okay. work, The Scream, or something like that. I actually, my the wallpaper on my phone is another Edward Munch painting of people on a on a, on a key on a, okay. in a in a little port.
0: He should have put the screen bloke in, it, shouldn't it? That's yeah. what. If I'd been Edvard Munch, I'd have put that screen bloke in everything. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's what.
1: That
2: was but, uh, his. That was
0: his gimmick. He should have stuck with that. Whatever he's yeah. drawing, that bloke should have been in the corner somewhere. <laughs> that was the yeah. successful one.
2: Uh, or a or a, a, a van a van Gogh. Yeah.
0: Which which van Gogh would you like?
2: Um. Well, any, any of them. Uh, yeah, any <laughs> of them? I'm not fussy. Good. No. Um.
0: Uh, Ardell, if you could go in like a caterpillar, go into a chrysalis and you could come out as anything you wanted to be, anything, right? it could be you with attributes or it could be something else, it could be something that's not even an animal, like what, would you, what would you like to come out of, what would you like to change and what would you come
2: out I as? I would like to come out as water. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of a question is that?
0: It's a good question. <laughs> What kind of an answer is that? <laughs> water, why would you, what would you do if you were some water?
2: I would be drank by somebody. <laughs> is that what you want? Yes.
0: Okay. We've learned and a lot about you.
2: become part of them. Wow. And then they'd piss me out and I would <laughs> end what, up somewhere else.
0: What if it's Adrian Charles and you end up in his, you're right? <laughs> Could be a terrible, terrible thing. Um, like me, you've presented Top of the Pops and ah. yet have not yet gone to prison. Yeah. LAUGHTER um, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: how, did you, how did you feel presenting Top of the Pops? Was that a big deal? Oh, yeah, absolute highlight. Absolute yeah. highlight of my life. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it was just... I couldn't believe it, actually. It was, just, it was just great. I remember what I was wearing. I had a terrible haircut, and I was wearing <laughs> a blue velvet jacket. I thought, I'm on Top of the Pops. Was it's it, got to be blue velvet. Was
0: it just you presenting the whole episode? Or yeah, you?
2: it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember who was on. Anyone good? Blur were on. Oh, that's pretty good. But I was cheeky because at the time, Blur were kind of name checking this great American indie band, Pavement, all the time. So uh, I I introduced them as Pavement. Oh, I mean Blur. (laughs) And uh, that was a bit bold. Yeah. Uh, And who else was on? Um, The Orb. Oh, that's all right. Remember The Orb? I do, yeah. Yeah. Bush. Yeah. It was a good night. It was good.
0: Yeah. Very good. good we had Scatman John and <laughs> Robson and Jerome were on that. <laughs> I think Polk did one. It's Cher did one of the ones I did. E seventeen. We were, okay, rude. We were okay. rude about E seventeen to front of their stupid faces. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So I sort of think I would like to have known I was going to be when I was at school. If the people had known I was going to present top
2: of the pops did you track them down and write ab- to them and tell them I would have
0: them. been absolutely the last person you've been at school with 1000 people you said name in order who you think will present top of the pops yeah. out of the
2: people in this school yeah. I would have been you know yeah. second last yeah. I think but don't you think that that would be true of a lot of comedians actors yeah. musicians there were there were kind of I think part of the problem was we were we were disregarded as <laughs> children <laughs>
0: maybe i don't know it's, you know it's sort of so far i was so uncool and i was i mean i'm still not that i'm still not that am still, <laughs> still not that interested in music but it would just be so on un... you know joanna thompson knew that i was gonna present yeah she'd know if you're listening joanna oh no sorry i'm married
2: yeah. <laughs> um i remember there was uh so there's a great show in ireland called the Late, Late Show. It's one, probably the longest-running chat show in the world, or that's how it sells itself. And when we were kids, like it's the equivalent of being knighted in in this country, getting on the Late Late Show. And I just won that Hackney Empire New Act of the Year competition, and I was invited on to do five minutes of stand-up on the Late Late. So this was the biggest day of my life at that point in terms of career, and this was my chance to prove to Joanna Thompsons of <laughs> this world, yeah. like how wrong they were about me. And all the people at home who didn't believe in me or just couldn't believe that he's a comedian for what? And uh, uh, the night I was on, kind of just my look in a way, the, the, the main topic for discussion that night was murder. So <laughs> what you had was you had the relatives of people who had been butchered. There's no other way of putting it. Uh, butchered in quite a spectacular fashion. And, and these were all high profile stories in Ireland at the time. and, and uh, <laughs> So I go on there and I start doing, I used to have this routine about how sheep get a lot heavy when they're wet, when they, <laughs> uh. <laughs> But, you know how, it, like, so they, they'd gone on for an hour telling their stories and, and the whole nation was crying, you know, the studio audience was crying, the, the host, a guy called Gay Byrne, legendary host, brushes a tear away from his eye and says, now after all that, <laughs> I think we all need a bit of a laugh. (laughs) And he introduced me and I did my sheep stuff. Uh, And uh, everyone's just looking at me.
0: (laughs) Um, My audience will be very excited to have you here because of you played, you were on Doctor Who, playing a cat trapped on a motorway. Mm -hmm. Have I got that right?
1: You have,
2: yes. Okay. Thank you. And a (laughs) bloody good episode it was too. (laughs) Russell Davis, uh, 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 um, it was one of his episodes that, yeah. he, that he wrote, and it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, really uplifting story. Uh, I was a cat creature. Took hours, five, six hours to get into the cat costume. Yeah. And I remember they had to glue my face with two types of industrial glue to keep it on for <laughs> okay. the day. And I was wearing contact lenses, and they popped out because I was so stretched that they literally, like in a cartoon, just my... <laughs> <laughs> boing, boing. Um, uh, but it was it was fantastic. David Tennant era.
0: Okay. It, it, it's been referred to, I think, in other episodes. It, it, it's quite. A, it doesn't look like you, does it? Because it's a cat. It is a
2: cat. It sounds yeah. like me though. Yeah. And there is a model of my character. Is there? Brannigan the cat. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's it's so cool. I mean, oh yeah. And you I was were, only in it, like, for about five minutes. Okay.
0: You're married to a human woman. Yes, but we have You've cat
2: written. children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, it's a good And, and there, there was... One of, the other, one of the other things I remember about it... I remember it being a really great episode, but uh, there, is a, there is a very uplifting hymn at the end, the old rugged cross, which, right. is a, which I think is a Welsh hymn. Yeah. And so all the characters in it... And there was a huge range of characters in it, all trapped in this... Uh, traffic jam on a, on a motorway like maybe a 20 lane motorway uh, so everyone sings so the end is this rendition of, of the old rugged cross but we all went in to record it individually after the event and I can't sing <laughs> and it was so embarrassing I was singing the old rugged cross and the two studio engineers were under the desk <laughs> laughing their holes off <laughs> that's my memory of Doctor Who <laughs>
0: um and the, the my hero was again you know, costume wise was quite demanding wasn't it the, <laughs> you, you kind of put in these situations like the the you had to wear a visor or something that was you couldn't see through yeah. um and you, you had to change in and out the costume a lot is what i read that it was quite difficult to change in and out the costume
2: well was there it? was a there was a tongue involved which okay. had to be surgically removed at the end of the night <laughs> uh, no it was it was uh it was well i had a a, a costume made, made out of lit. they weren't my real muscles, okay? Oh, really that, okay. You just wanted me to come clean <laughs> about that, okay. Uh,
1: no, that there it,
2: it no, it was no, it was, it was, it was, that was a very enjoyable show to do. BBC primetime sitcom, yeah. we did five series of that, and then uh, it went
0: on and did more series. You 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 changed over to James, they did Draper's. one more after I left, more, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah.
2: yeah, it wasn't
0: as good, <laughs> it wasn't as good as you had. God. <laughs> Not like Ralph Little. Ralph Little's really made
2: that part his own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, I can't agree more.
0: Is it? Was it? Was it like a? Was that? Cause it was obviously like quite a, a a little way away from Father Ted. Was it? Was it a sort of? Were you trying to? Were you getting offered the similar sort of roles to Father Ted at that point?
2: Um, not not. I mean not really, I mean, for a long time i I, I was like any uh, it's not that I was offered a huge amount of roles or anything, <laughs> but I mean any, any roles I were I, I, you know I was offered after Father Ted and my hero and kind of one thing leads to another and you end up doing similar types of roles yeah. so i I made a big effort at one stage to do theater. I'd never done theater growing up or or in my twenties, and then you know, I just really was curious about theater and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and in theater, you know. You do get a little bit more scope or people will take a chance on you more you know to do something a bit different so I did three or four plays over a period of about five or six years and um you know I really really enjoyed it and I was able to sort of you know i think finally call myself an actor you know I, I, it wasn't until I did that 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 you know I think you have to overcome certain things when you're when you're known purely as a sitcom actor
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's 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 hard to it's hard to go to the next level. It's, I think yeah. you know, um, and you know I was always curious as to what else was out there. So I think I think doing plays for me was great, and I think since then people have been looking at me in slightly different ways. And you know.
0: you've sort of done everything. It's what you know. That's what's you know. You've always worked, and you've always you've tried different different things and been successful. In all the things. So it's you know it's an ideal career, really, isn't it? And you're you're constantly working, well, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna are you gonna do more stand up? What yeah, I still really was... enjoy.
2: The last stand up I did was Friday night. Uh, yeah. uh, lovely little gig in uh, a seaside town in Ireland and uh, in a disused church or a deconsecrated church and it was absolutely beautiful. I mean I I really do love stand up um, as much as ever yeah. now I would say. Um I toured right up to March 2020 until the wor- you know the world shut down and since then I I've done a few Zoom gigs and a few little gigs here and there but I I really do love it. I mean it's I think it does help not to be doing it all the time and then only to do it when you, you know you really want to do it and and you know you, you kind of treasure those moments on stage
1: yeah
0: it's sort of, it's interesting the way you know the the way you can you might you might have just been a stand up you might have moved you know the way things just happen and and yeah. move about and it's kind of you know it would have been that would have been fantastic as well, but with you it just seems so there's so many opportunities films and you know, theatre yeah. and TV. It's, it's well,
2: I mean, it's a it's a kind of a combination of of like drifting from one thing to another. Or, you know, what what you know what materializes and kind of going in that direction, and occasionally then, just you know, giving yourself a jolt and and trying something a bit different. Yeah, and you know, taking a chance. Like you know, I'm very nervous about my novel coming out. Like it's 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 it's, it's kind of nerve-wracking to have that out there because you don't know how people are going to judge it. No, uh, but you know, you gotta you gotta take a chance. You know, you 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 only get one shot at these things, and you know.
0: Did I read something you say you kind of wanted to do... You want to do everything, if you can, with life? That, like, you sort of see life as being this... You know, you if you could try everything, yeah, you would. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Just do as... You know, have as many different experiences as, as possible.
0: Yeah. Because we're getting older, aren't we? That's what we were talking about backstage. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's... You suddenly... I think you sort of realise there's limited there's a limited amount of time left there's a limited yeah. amount of which when you're only 30 or 20 you don't even really think about it yeah it concentrates the mind alright yeah. yeah
2: yeah
0: and and lockdown did that I think well.
2: the pandemic did that absolutely yeah. for loads of people yeah you know
0: and so what what do you, do you would you are you just going to try and keep doing everything do you want to move into writing or do you want to carry on you you I know you're filming something at the moment so you're doing more acting
2: yeah, so I, I yeah no, it's it's trying to keep the plate spinning. Yeah. I mean that's you know I mean I love the acting. I you know I'd love to do more of that, more of the straight acting. Uh, you know, working with great people. You know, you know, and I mean part of the attraction is not quite knowing what's what's next. Uh, but I, you know I I also love writing, love stand up as well. So you know it's it's trying to keep it all going. I mean it sounds like, sometimes it sounds when you're in an environment like this, where you are talking about your career. It sounds like you're doing an awful lot, but like. I have a lot of downtime. <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
0: well, look, um, it's been really lovely to uh, see you again and have you on. Um, uh, do buy Ardell's book. You won't regret it. It's called Brew Ha Ha. Um, it's very exciting. I can't wait to find out what happens. Mm, I'll tell you. Oh, tell me afterwards. <laughs> Don't, spoil. it's They'll really good. bother. It's, it's really genuinely brilliant. Um, and um, thank you so much for coming on to do the podcast. Thanks Ladies appreciate. and gentlemen, the amazing Arlo Hanlon. Thank you. <laughs> you have been listening to Bar with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ardlo Hanlon. Thank you to Scant Regard, who play the music for these credits and do nothing else. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, of course, for their fantastic help, and all of the Sky Potato crew as well. I'm also indebted to our Kickstarter backers, who are... I'll put my glasses on. Phil Shoebridge, Mark R, that Chris Evans, yeah, that one, Moira Tullock, Dr Nathan Flood, Rich John, Simon Average Audience Member Masterton, Finton DeModi, Alistair Cross, Rob Baird, James Barter, Dave McCarroll, Liam, my apprentice stalker, Andrew Dolphin, Lucy Rainsford, Freddie Rayfield, Michael Sophie and Alice Sage, John JT Taylor, more like John I.T. Taylor, am I right kids? Daniel Smith, Tamsin Porter, Knut Ola Nastredström, Ian the main man, Adrian Domekin, or Adrian Domican, I always get it wrong. It's one of those two. In memory of the late great Andy Burr, Kate McKeegan, Rainer Simpson, Stuart of Shrewsbury, late Latterly Hastings Burroughs, Burrows, David Gil Gilmar- David Gilmartin, Hector Maroon, Steve Lowe, Ian Thompson, Christine Francescani. Spanglecock Bubblehead, <laughs> Donald Fallon, Phil Moss Harmonica Boss, uh, and this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStrike.com production. Head to Herring.com slash gigs to find out when Rahalastapat is coming to a venue near you. We are back at the Edinburgh Fringe and we'll be back at the Leicester Square Theatre in September, October, and November. Herring.com slash gigs, RichardHaring.com slash Rahalastapat slash tour for all guest info and links. Thank you.